0: Welcome to Faye Watch. It's the day we've all been waiting for. It's Cave Day. Finally, which is yeah, it's actually now a national holiday. I've petitioned the government, and it's National Cave Day <laughs> now. It's an exciting episode. Before we dive right on in, we're going to be discussing some intimate topics sexually today. So to the extent that any of our listeners have kids, um, if you're not like us and you do readily know the difference between a four-year-old and an eight-year-old, for instance, (laughs) if there's a kid around, maybe not the episode for them. If you are specifically one of our three mothers, Mm -hmm. also not the episode for you. No, But all other mothers are welcomed and, in fact, encouraged. And, you know, with that, I think I'm going to turn it right over to Dina
1: Okay, first of all, I want to extend my thanks to you, dear friends, for letting me walk us through the section with the cave scene. I think that was very kind of you, and I am so excited, so thank you.
2: You've earned it.
1: (laughs) Yeah,
0: I think Will and I personally are very happy that you will be, both that you will be doing it and that we will not be.
2: (laughs) But you have, yeah, you have earned it.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate it. Uh, Before we get there. We do have to talk about this visit with Misha, but then don't worry Do we? Soon. Can
2: we just be like, well, they like get to a cave.
1: <laughs> soon we will be back to the theme of this episode, which is sexual tension and, dare I say, its release. Wow. But yes, first, Rain and Ori are flying to go visit Misha. Uriah loves it. They're flirting. It's so cute. It's perfect. Hours later, they land at a farmstead. Araya is concerned about Rain's wings, even though she's for sure going to kill him. And they have this really cute, you know, classic high school hallway flirting moment where he's like, Stop making a face, and she's like, "I'm not making a face," and he's like, "You're always making a face," and
2: you know, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Oh my god, does he right. know me better than does I know he myself?" See me
1: for who I really am. <laughs> so they go say hi to Misha, who is ecstatic and living her best. Kind of little women, Pride and Prejudice life on this farmstead. She's gardening. She's feeding chickens. She's playing cards. She's, you know, healing from having her guts basically torn out of her entire body. But she is doing pretty well. And it's all very cute and wholesome. They have a touching moment where Misha tells Araya to be safe. And again, Araya is like super awkward, but it's like, maybe I have friends now. What is happening? Mm -hmm. And it's great. We also meet Rain's quote unquote friends, Karis and Katora. These are the people who have been taking care of Misha, and they're excited to see Rain and less excited to see Araya. At some point, is eavesdropping on Rain talking to Karis and Katora. First of all, they're gossiping about a vampire who has a new wife who used to be human.
2: <laughs> I love
0: that. Yeah. What was that about?
1: I'm not sure yet, to be honest, even having finished the book. Like, maybe it's some kind of foreshadowing. Nobody knows who's to say. But I thought that was interesting. And I feel like at some point later on, maybe it will make sense, like, in a future book. Yeah. Anyway, then Katora is like, she should not be here. Rain stands up for Araya and says, she's a friend and you need to remember that. This, I thought, was important because Orion notes that when he says that, his voice sounds like command. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe they're not just his friends, but maybe he's commanding them from a place of power. Maybe he's a boy boss. Maybe he is a boy boss. The boy
0: boss, mayhaps.
1: Maybe the boy boss. Maybe there are some things that he's not (sighs) telling her. Who's to say? It's interesting.
0: Wait, at this point, can we just pause for a second? Okay can we just talk about this because here's the what thing what do you
1: know and not know and what do you think tell us everything
0: here's the thing once again if i'm reading this or even rereading this on my own do i miss all of the very obvious signs absolutely i do <laughs> only only in having to edit you know our first podcast have i now not only you know read this book sort of more thoroughly, like at least sort of twice, also have heard, you know, Dina, you sort of helpfully flagging along the way some things that obviously would have gone right over my head. In a very subtle way, of course. It's subtle enough in the book, and it was even subtle (laughs) the first time you said it, but again, you said it and then I heard it again because I was editing it these things about him having all the red little flecks of mm. red and and the yes okay so I, I think we can all say at this point yes i haven't read the book is he the heir to the Rishon thing yes you can say it good job rachel
2: Thank wow I'm so
0: proud
2: of you. our little sherlock holmes
0: uh, i you did it. i like
2: sherlock holmes i pretty much
0: i know i'm little sherlock holmes i i did i would have come to it on my own Probably not before I was told by the book, but if I really if I had really put my thinking cap on, I would have gotten there. I didn't
2: I didn't pick up on it until I read it in the book.
0: I totally missed all the red stuff and like the triangle, whatever airmark. I think because again, one of my toxic traits in a fantasy book is like when they're doing the initial world building. And describing all that shit, I'm just like, blip, 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 blip. I don't care, think don't it's care. toxic. So I think you like, have
1: your priorities, right? You want to follow the sexual tension closely. And so, what about, you know, the scar on his back?
0: Right. Well, and, and more so, like, I was ignoring that, like, you know, in the beginning, they explained that Vi- they explained about Vincent's airmark. And mm-hmm. I certainly didn't give a shit about that. So I was like, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Rain's the back thing, is, is that his airmark?
1: Yes, I think it is. I think it's the airmark that he essentially burned off of him to try to hide it.
0: Oh! Oh my God! Spoiler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is exciting. So, but is Vincent's red? Yes. Are they always red? I, I believe, believe so. So, is all the all the red stuff is basically like rain? Is the air? Yeah. I didn't pick up on all, all the red stuff, but I did pick up on the couple things that Misha would say about, like, oh, well, he's used to, like, commanding people or, like, mm-hmm. he, like just like little things. Or, like, he's used to, like, the finer things or something. I don't know. I picked up on that more than anything else. But, okay. It's on the table now. I think I'm a genius, obviously. You are. And... That
2: is, I think, the main takeaway. Yeah,
0: that is okay. for sure my Anyways, I've really sidetracked us. So, we're – he's – He's commanding his quote-unquote friends.
1: Yes.
2: One of whom refers to her, to Arya as Vincent's human whore.
0: Rude.
1: Yeah, Rain is not pleased about that. He's basically like, shut the fuck up.
2: <laughs> I don't think I would use language that crude, but it did make me sort of reflect on my own. I'm like, oh, do I have the opinions of just like kind of the common rabble in the vampire world? Oh. Because I remain convinced that there's lots of sexual tension between Daddy Night King and Arya.
1: Oh, Yeah. Oh no! I think you're you're right that that's the that's the page six version of the story. Right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah.
2: I guess I'm just like I have the intuitions of a vampire, like commoner peasant, not <laughs> like a sophisticated.
1: Well, I think the sophisticated probably think it too. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't put yourself down like you that, say. Will.
0: Okay. Thank you.
1: You got to back yourself, as they say. Yeah. Okay. So when Orion Rain leave, they're talking on the flight back. Of course, Araya is like, so who are those people? And first he says they're friends and she's like, okay, now give me a slightly more real answer, please. And he admits that they're more like old colleagues and that he commanded them and they were all private guards of a sort. And Rain said, that's the closest term I have for it.
2: Also, he said something like, I would never get a beer with them, but I would trust them with my life or something. (laughs) And I was like, I feel... Like, maybe I haven't been, maybe if you've been in the trenches, like the actual trenches with people, you feel that way. But I continue to think the opposite of people, you know, like work, like I'd much rather get a beer with you than trust you to do with
1: my life. Some
2: important thing.
1: Right. So last thing about this flight is that when they're talking, Rain says Kator is worried because her wife is in Salon So A. Thank
2: God I was worried you were gonna.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. No.
2: Omit that.
0: Wait. Yeah. What? No, she's a, girl a lesbian. Is gay. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Continue.
1: Yeah, no. There's obviously like something else here important for the plot, but like number 1, we finally have our first queer woman representation. Yeah. Thank you, Katora. You might be a little bit of a bitch, but now I'm going to be on your side forever. <laughs>
2: lesbians can be bitches, too.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they certainly can. We support lesbian's rights and we support lesbian's wrongs here. So.
0: Yes, totally. And you know what? We love a lgbtq
1: side yeah, yeah, like <laughs> maybe completely is ancillary. nobody important whatsoever
2: <laughs> yeah like i do think queer characters in these books you know they're like they're like a chef mm-hmm.
1: they're like yeah.
2: a captain of the guard
1: yeah we'll take the scraps while we can and <laughs> let us not forget that i haven't 800 page other fantasy novel waiting for me to read that hopefully has more queer representation Mm. gotta stick that on the pods to read list priory thank you samantha shannon yes
2: (laughs) yeah it'll take a year
1: (laughs) i'm just i'm
0: just really guys i'm really happy for you that like you know you can't be what you can't see and so i'm really (laughs) happy dina that you like it's important to like have representation of like You playing a minor role in like a really melodramatic straight couple's journey. I'm really happy for you.
2: Like, that could be you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I do. Looking back at my life, I want to be clear it could be me. Mm -hmm. It could be me. I would be the bitchy side vamp causing drama. Yeah. But like, fair enough. She's yeah. totally
0: fucking justified. She's like, oh hey, yeah, she's right. Her dad's fucking massacring people. What the fuck is she doing here? Like,
1: totally yeah. right.
2: Yeah, very. Yeah. It's like if, um, like Mitch McConnell's daughter showed up or something. You know,
1: right, right.
2: I actually think that's a bad example because she's like, supposed to... I think she actually works in like liberal politics. A better example would be like if Ivanka showed up. You know. Yeah. To your party in New York fuck? City,
0: and he's like, no, like, yeah, she's good my point, friend.
1: honestly. Fuck Ryan and Ray, and now the whole rest of the book, I'm on Team Katara Team <laughs>
2: Katara. Katara. Katara? Katara. Even Katara. Katamine.
0: Katamine.
1: Okay, finally, folks, we get back to some sexual tension building. Mm -hmm. Thank God. Thank God. They get back to the Moon Palace, and soon after, the Moon Palace locks everyone in. It becomes clear to them that the Moon Palace is going to starve them, probably from now until the next trial, the Crescent Moon trial. Rain blocks the apartment door with a dresser to be safe because all of the vampires are going to be getting very, very hungry because they Mm. cannot leave the Moon Palace to get food. Rain says he has enough blood to get by. Araya, for some reason, just, I guess, believes him. And things kind of go downhill from here. About a week later, Araya stops leaving the apartment altogether because they start hearing footsteps just walking outside the apartment first at night and then during the day, too. It's very clear that all of these vampires are in pretty intense bloodlust. Now, she takes a break from mulling her impending death to continue to flirt with Rain and do cute things for him because they're stuck in his apartment. Rain keeps doing his kind of Edward Cullen sparkle in the sunlight thing (laughs) where he, like, (laughs) stares at the sun coming up until it hurts him too much. (laughs) Which is just, I don't know, so romantic and poetic and masochistic, who's to say? And so one day while he's sleeping, she basically spends hours pulling this giant mirror from her room and figuring out, like, geometrically the perfect angle at which to place it so that he could sit in the dark and watch the sun through the mirror without hurting himself. I love this so much.
2: It's sweet. It's very it's sweet.
1: So it's sweet. so sweet it's like she's you know burned him a playlist on a cd mm-hmm. and it's very much like oh it's no big deal like i just like happened to move this mirror and she definitely spent like six hours figuring out yeah the exact right angle although of the
2: they mirror. are they are in like you know basically covid quarantine
1: right don't you dare
0: will do not <laughs> do not qualify this i thought it was so sweet it's like no it first... is sweet i know i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> Don't – it's it, – because for her to do that is, like – it's the first time, I think, in the book that she ever affirmatively does something
1: really nice and thoughtful for him.
0: hmm hmm
1: I don't know. I just thought it was really freaking right. sweet. Right. She goes beyond merely saving his life and ensuring he exists to, like, care for him. Another week goes by, and Rain is clearly on edge – Araya watches him take one last tiny sip of blood. He says he's fine, but she knows he's not. She's like, oh my god, how did I not realize this? He's obviously starving. Part of me wanted to be like, yeah, Araya, how the fuck didn't you realize that? But then I thought back to myself and all of the red flags that I have ignored Mm. in my life, and I thought, better not to throw glass in a glass house or something. Stones.
0: But also not a good idea to throw glass. At glass <laughs> yeah, <it wouldn't> <laughs>
1: <laughs> she does eventually realize, mm-hmm. and this is fantastic because we get into a lovers' quarrel, which we hate to see, but we kind of love to see because they're really building that tension up to the top of the cup. I don't know. Raya is like, we need to separate. Rain is like, there's no reason to. You don't have to worry about me eventually he gives in he ends up leaving and it's actually kind of sad because they've been in this kind of COVID quarantine but kind of dream existence Mm -hmm. of just spending time together all day and now it's ending they both do that thing where they start to say something but then don't say it and there are all these things in their head that they want to say but they can't get out Mm -hmm. and so they're just like okay see you at the next trial by. So sad. And then he slips out and she puts the dresser right back in front of the door to keep herself safe. And then, now that the tension has been built, we get to the Crescent Moon trial. Raya is dreaming. She goes to sleep that night. She's dreaming of the night the vampires came to Saline when she was a child. And all of a sudden, she wakes up coughing and vomiting looks around her and is like, no wonder I dreamed about that night. This one looks just like it. So we have a hint of where we're going here. In terms of the environment, we've got writhing, indistinct movement in a spine-chilling mass of darkness. Sure. Hope Krista was proud of that one. That's, like, pretty sick description. We've got tall, sparse, and narrow trees, rocks and dirt, all of which are black, We've got plumes of smoke that when they brush past you burn your skin like acid. So, you know, as Stefan would say, this place has everything. (laughs) Plumes of smoke that burn your skin. (laughs) Writhing dark movement.
2: Who? Oh, the SNL guy. Yes.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Rachel, for getting. I was just
2: like, I was like, who the fuck? Because there could be a Stefan in this book that I just missed.
1: There always could be. There are some classic vampire Stefans. Okay, so Arya starts to figure out, this is the Crescent Trial, and they're definitely not in the Colosseum, and they're not even in Sivranage, the city that the Moon Palace is in.
2: They're in the country.
1: Right. She's like, where are we? Doesn't have time to figure that out because she gets attacked by a vampire. She kills him pretty easily because he's in what she assumes is bloodlust, and he's acting, like, kind of wild and has no strategy whatsoever and almost, like, doesn't even react when she's stabbing him. Like, he's not acknowledging pain. He's just acting kind of animalistic. Then she sees some four-legged things in the distance. She assumes they're demons, but JK, it turns out that they're deer. (laughs) And she watches as two vampires that had just drank the deer blood act in that same kind of wild, animalistic, unhinged way that her attacker did. She realizes that it's got to be the deer blood. Why else would there be such a strangely abundant amount of easy to catch prey, you know, when all these vampires and bloodlust are running around and it's like, oh, shit, they're poisoned.
2: She is truly like a good, like, I need a ride to fly with me because I am not, I'm not a terrible flyer, but I'm not the best flyer. And I often look to the air stewards and stewardesses mm. To be like, okay, if they're freaking out, we're going down. But I feel like if Oriya was my traveling companion, I'd just be like, okay, if something bad is going to happen, she's on top of it. And if she's chill, Right. She's
1: going to figure it out quickly. She's going to stay calm. And I actually love this part because this entire time, you know, and I feel like this happens in fantasy books a lot and I kind of love it. You have this character that's supposed to be weaker and at a disadvantage in every way. But then there always is, like, one moment that happens or one scene or one thing where the people who are in the stronger position the entire time are now the ones at a disadvantage, right? Because she actually is not starving. She's not in bloodlust. She's not trying to, like, keep herself from killing deer. She's actually, like, set up well to win. Definitely. Which is cool.
0: And she's using that brain of hers once again.
1: So instead of being like, how do I just win this trial? Guess what Araya thinks? Rain.
2: Where's, Where's my boy? Rain. Yeah. Where's
1: my boy? My head emptied, save for his name. I love that. She's like maybe going to die in a million different ways, but she's like, I got to go find my boy. That's true love. She recognizes him immediately. Again, she learned the shape of him so well that every angle was a native language. It's just a wall. It's just a wall. <laughs> it's just a rectangle. <laughs> also, I'm like, girl, you definitely have not learned Every angle yet.
0: No, but we're getting there.
1: Mm-hmm. But alas, Rain is chasing a deer. No, she runs to try to stop him, and she kind of like does this thing where she cuts him off and jumps in front of him. This is dangerous because he could just like jump on her and not even know who she is. He's in bloodlust. He pauses to look at her. He looks different, harsher. His eyes are redder than usual. You know, sweet honey's in the the throes of bloodlust. She tackles him, pins him down and is screaming at him to snap out of it <laughs> I'm picturing her just like slapping his face <laughs> and, like, yelling at him i'm not sure how good of a plan this was but somehow it works which i feel like again is always the case when it's your mortal or immortal soulmate and you have to pull them out of whatever violent rage they're in she tells him what's happening she's like if i get off you will you run after a squirrel he says oh fuck you princess which
2: he's back, so he's, back. <laughs> he's, he's
1: back he's back he's back he's hot <laughs> the hot wall is back but he's injured so they can't try to like get out yet so she's like okay we just need to find somewhere to rest and he's like okay fine and he's like i promise you i'm fine and she's like okay very much not now my friend oh my
2: god please i've are. been like the past 5 <laughs> minutes i haven't had anything to say cuz i'm like i can't can we just go <laughs>
0: i need to light hold on i'm just gonna light several candles (laughs) i need to put on a sensual track and now i'm ready okay
1: okay great guess where they go to hide
0: a cozy cozy cave obviously
1: a cozy cave they're in the middle of this torn down city death tournament but oh look here's a cozy cozy cave So he, sweet boy, immediately tells her she was right about him needing to leave. And he apologizes. They have this really emotional moment, which, again, we want to get to the sexual moment, but we'll breeze through the emotional moment first, where he says, I didn't want you to see me that way. So I pretended that version of myself didn't exist. Mm. And Araya basically realizes, like, okay, he wasn't angry with me. He was, like, so ashamed of himself. You know, that touches her heart. I love this moment where she's like, I didn't like feeling things. Emotions were ever shifting and devoid of logic. (laughs) Yes, that's that's a (laughs) literal quote. (laughs) A literal quote. I didn't like feeling things. Emotions were ever shifting and devoid of logic. And they gave me no way to sink my blade into them. But I felt too many of them now bubbling up under the surface of my steel exterior. Wow. It is
2: truly like like a therapist can make so much money off of a riot.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Like, honey, feel your feelings. Yes. They, otherwise, that's what they do. They bubble up. So they need to do something about his injuries. And they both go through the motions of realizing, like, okay, he can't go hunt. She can't go hunt. So there are no options because the animals are poisoned. Araya says the decision snapped into place, and she starts unbuttoning her leathers. When Rain notices, he's immediately like, no, absolutely not. She can't believe she's doing this, but she also has no doubts and is very sure of what she's doing. As she's unbuttoning her shirt, his throat bobbed, eyes darkening. Mm. I knew that look, too. A different kind of hunger. Wow.
2: Uh, wait, should we be explicit about what she's doing? In case it's not obvious.
1: Um, she is going to offer her blood to him to save him and help him heal his injuries. I think it was pretty obvious, but
0: just for the, <laughs> just for the readers who are truly even less perceptive than I am.
1: <laughs> yes, she's offering her body, her blood to him. She does have to give him her throat, of course, because he needs a lot of blood quickly. And because obviously that gives them the chance to be in the most sexual position. Oh, yeah. Like she
0: has to straddle him. Like how else? She
1: has to straddle him. The blood delivery.
0: Like how else could you kind of arrange that?
1: Exactly. Except with her being on top of them. Now, I do love him because he is so perceptive Mm -hmm. and he is like, you think I don't know. You think I don't know what this means for you. I can't do it. And so he clearly has pieced together some of her various traumas and why this isn't just like human vampire lack of trust, but actually a very personal thing for her. Again, she's like, maybe I should have been surprised that he knew me more than I wanted him to, but I wasn't. Words were too weak to convey what I wanted to tell him now. Sure. She didn't know what to say, so she settles on, I'm not afraid of you. And she says she saw in his eyes how much those words meant to him, like he had been given something he waited his entire life for. Our sweet, giant, killer man just wants people to not be afraid of him. Our sweet,
2: giant, wall of a man. Yeah. Yeah. Vampire.
0: Vamp.
1: Okay, so this is very hard for me because I obviously want to just read this entire chapter out loud, but we can't do that. So I want to talk about a couple of different things. Number one, he is a consent king. Uh, You took the words
0: out of my mouth. I was (laughs) like, consent king. To the extreme. So he,
1: number one, she also has to straddle him because he wants her on top of him so that she feels in control. And he grabs the dagger, her dagger, and he puts it in her hand and kind of angles it so she could kill him at any moment.
2: Which is, like, maybe also a kink.
1: There's definitely some, like, BDSM stuff happening here. He says, you're in control of this. Right. (laughs) And again, you know, consent king, but also very hot. And he's very much like, you can still say no, right as she's straddling him and about to do it. And... She's like, okay, get over yourself. We're going to do this. Number two, really important to talk here about the effects of vampire venom. So he's like, so it's not going to hurt, but you might feel, um, um, um. And she's like, I know. Like, I'm going to get horny. I'm going to read this loud for us. Vampire venom had an overwhelming effect on human prey. The biological intent, I love that there's biological intent here, not just, you know, plot points was to make them soft and pliable. Sometimes that presented as a muddled, intoxicated haze, as it had with the minister's bite, given his age, the location of the bite, and my distaste for him. But more commonly, it manifested as intense arousal.
0: Wow. Very conveniently, we're not getting horny for the minister. We are getting (laughs) horny for rain. Just so everyone's clear.
1: And it's totally just going to be the Venom's fault, not these months of building sexual tension. Well, I guess Um, in her defense, she
2: says, and especially if you already have feelings for someone, it's like an accelerant.
1: Right. And it feels like they're kind of preempting here with an excuse, because as soon as he bites her... She kind of goes fully wild and is like, oh, fuck. Like, this is definitely not the venom. The venom wouldn't even be working yet. I am just so turned on by this man currently drinking my blood. So she kind of loses it.
2: Can I Can I ask a womanhood question? Um, it said that her breasts peaked through the too thin fabric of her camisole. What's a
1: camisole? The mm. can't. What a great question! Will. I, I camisole, didn't think that that was the part you're gonna ask about, and I was like, oh gosh, <laughs> we <have> to <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were gonna get more anatomical here, yes. but a camisole is a tank top, one that often goes under, you know, a sweater or say your fighting leathers. Right, it's like an undershirt, little yeah. Little tank
2: okay, top. thank you. That helps. Spaghetti I was strap. like. Like, the word reminded me of, like, parasol, and I was like, no, but it's not, like, <laughs> it's not her, like, no, sun no, umbrella.
1: No. It's a tank top she's wearing, and just to be clear about what's happening with the camisole as well, my camisole was gripped in a fist in one of his hands. Like, that was all he could do not to tear it off me. Oof. Oof. She says, the venom ate away the final dregs of my self-control, unleashing a wave of desire that utterly ravaged me and left nothing behind. So I think it's safe to say we've kind of moved on from flirty banter, and now we're in, like, hot, dark club make-out. Things are getting dirty and nasty, Wait, and we love it. Okay,
2: Dina, can I offer a critique? Yeah. Because you missed, like, you missed the most important part.
1: <laughs> no, we're getting there.
2: Okay.
1: Wait, are you talking about his penis? Yeah. Oh, no, don't worry. Okay, okay, worry. okay. Sorry, sorry, Do sorry. Not we're worry. not skipping that. Also,
2: as we're talking about this, I am, like, half of me, my, like, protestant upbringing i'm like mortified i'm like i have to not tell my parents we're doing this podcast because i okay, cannot sorry, you're a
1: protestant i grew up catholic that's even worse
2: i know but like yeah i just can't like my mom can't listen to this
1: no she mom can't. if you're
2: listening you can't listen to this episode
1: yeah we'll it's definitely
0: have... time maybe we should just have parents like to turn it off you know spoiler warnings for like or like parent warnings of like mom like that's mom skip what? this one yeah, yeah. Mm. Just for certain segments, such as right now. But I think safe to say, like, maybe our parents just aren't listening to the, this podcast ever.
1: Yeah. But I do think this is this is good for us to move past, you know, our religious upbringing guilt, my Catholic high school guilt mm-hmm. in particular. I think this is great. Look at us. We're being sex positive. We're being open and honest. We're healing by doing this, actually. so
0: Yeah. And it would also, it would be sort of like a shame... You can't just like read these books
1: and then just be like, well, anyways, yeah, what?
2: No, I'm not saying about. we should do that. No, I'm just saying I'm like, <laughs> I'm like tense. No,
1: I think we need to move past the shame and I think it'll be a growing experience <laughs> break for all of us. Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay, mom, listen. I take it no. back. Listen moms, to this. No, moms
0: do not need to listen just in general. That's not right. yeah.
2: our mom. Like other
0: moms can listen. Oh, moms in general can and should, but not our mothers.
1: Right. All but three. Yes. Welcome. With that. We note that pretty soon after he bites her, an unmistakable hardness Thank you. formed beneath her. Wow. Question, can we, are we allowed to, like, do we, can we just rate this podcast R and just say penis? Like, what yeah. are the guidelines yeah. here? It's
2: like rated explicit. Yeah.
1: But why
0: would you ever say that word back to the penis? It no, it's a length and it's a considerable That's what one. I'm saying.
1: We actually have a number of options here and I would like for you both to tell me your favorite. Okay. So... A couple of descriptions pop up over the next couple of pages. Thank you so
0: much. I hope you have them compiled.
1: I I absolutely do. They're all highlighted. Uh, And again, some other people in Kindle like to highlight these. Should we just know that I see you?
2: Should we keep like an Excel spreadsheet with a running tally of the most common euphemisms for.
1: Yes. Unmistakable
2: hardnesses.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we have I have three options for you and I want to know your favorite. Okay. Number one. The rigid length of his desire. Mm. Number two, the full thick length of him. Okay. Number three, his magnificent length. <laughs> oh. Which really, I can't imagine. Ever, again, this is my <laughs> half gay side coming out, but I really can't imagine ever referring to someone's dick as a magnificent length.
0: I do like that's like you know like an escalation of considerable length. It's magnificent. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, I feel like we're getting too personal with our audience too quickly. (laughs) Like, they don't know us that well yet.
1: (laughs) They're all great.
2: They are good. I mean, we get it. It's... Right. ...sizeable.
1: Of Mm -hmm. course. So, her hips are rolling. Rain is hissing. This is very hot. I will let us all continue to enjoy the scene. Personally, I think we've covered a number of key points here. Eventually, things get so intense that she fully orgasms
2: to be clear i think this is like beyond the stew orgasm
1: yeah right i think this is
2: this maybe is not literal
1: orgasm yeah this is very much a literal orgasm and he stops feeding and is just like kissing her neck and kissing her all over wow aria says that he looked like a man undone destroyed now, remember, they haven't been kissing because his he had been drinking her blood. So they <laughs> do <why> actually. actually. <laughs> like, finally kiss now after she's, like, um, fully orgasmed on top of him. So she finally kisses him. And it's like he'd been waiting his entire life for this kiss and had known exactly what he would do when he got it. And, of course, she's like, we kiss like we fought. We understood each other by now. Wow.
2: Well, and he had a trickle of her blood going mm. down. And so yeah. she... she Wanted to taste herself on him, which I think usually means something different.
0: Right. But in
2: this case means blood.
0: Right. Right. So I don't know if I should go there right now, but I will. And I don't want to sort of bring us. I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. And I don't want to bring us down from the high that we're on. But I do, okay. <laughs> I do, for the moment, just want to talk about some of sort of the practical realities of, like, the blood-sucking situation.
2: Thank you. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about this. Thank you.
0: Yeah. I want to set this... I have not. I've been in a love haze, so okay. please well, educate I, me. I, well, as a reader... <laughs> okay, well, I guess I'll explain. But, like, I want to start out by saying that, obviously sexual preferences are very much sort of according to cultural societal blah 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 we all get it right like some mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some things are not weird because they're not we don't think that they're weird but they would be if they weren't whatever you know <laughs> yes i didn't right. do that well but anyways so it's like okay it. a lot of things that people do when they're having sex could be seen as weird or disgusting or whatever and they're not because it's good and whatever Okay. Or they like it or I like it <laughs> Again, or whatever. I don't know.
1: Working through our shame. Yes, right. Go for right.
0: it. <laughs> so I get that. I do think we're glossing over the logistics and sort of like the, the realities. If you're actually like sucking blood, like first of all, I think that you'd have like blood like all over your kind of like mouth and your mm-hmm. teeth. And like probably like kind of around your chin area, like your beard area. Like it would be like drying. It would be on your teeth. It would be sort of like all over your lips. Um, You would
2: smell that metallic.
1: Okay, but what if you've had? What if you've had two hundred years to practice exactly how to do it, and you really want to make sure every time you feed that you don't waste any blood? And so you
2: know, it's insane. Logistically, massive. I think. (laughs) I think in my head, until now, I thought the fangs also had a straw-like function.
0: I think that that's not uncommon that people think that. I think I used to think that.
2: And I was like, oh, there's, like, a little hollow hole, and it's just, like, you sink in, and it just, like, goes up.
0: Right. Oh. But I,
2: I agree now that I think about, I haven't ever seen that, like, on the silver screen.
0: Right. I think it just, you yeah, puncture, like they're, and they're then you like, they're swallowing suck, it. Right. Like, with your mouth. Um, yeah. Okay, even, okay, Dina, I think you raise a good point. Maybe he's really, like, very on target- It's not, like, all over his lips and, like, mouth, beard area. Maybe. Let's say yes. His mouth, like, his inner mouth and his teeth would still be, like, coated in blood. (laughs) And I'm happy for Araya because she's into it. She licks her own blood. She's down. She's enjoying it. So, like, good for her. I don't want to yuck her yum. I'm just saying, like, the concept of, like, making out with someone who just, like, had, like, a mouth full of blood... For me personally, it's not sort of what I want. But as a reader, when I'm just like enjoying my journey, I just black all that out. I'm like, nope nope, 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 not happening. I just don't think okay. I don't like that.
2: I, so I thought this is – I had not thought of this, rage. I thought you were going to bring up what I have wondered generally, which is vampires must have some sort of innate immunological response to all the various – diseases one can transmit through blood
1: oh right
2: otherwise like they would all just die from some disease right
1: yeah so you're like are all vampires on prep
2: yeah (laughs) i I just feel like they they drink so much human blood that that must happen to every vampire at some point
1: well they are really strong and heal really fast so maybe right so that's what i'm saying maybe they just have like an
2: immune system response but that was my thought (laughs)
0: I love oh. how we were like, "Thank you so much." We have to address the
1: elephant in the room. And there's like two <laughs> These very different three elephants.
2: disparate. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I think those are great points, and I think in the way that we sometimes brush past the details of the world building, I brush past the logistics of this. Blood slash sexual encounter.
0: As long as they're happy, I'm happy. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, they are having fun. In fact, she very much tries to uh, get him to take it further. And he pulls away. He's like, you aren't yourself. We can't. Honestly, I fucking love her for this. She just goes, don't pretend you don't want to. Yeah. And this is when we get another great line. uh, Because... Agree. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just going to read it. You don't even know Araya. The corner of his mouth where a little smudge of my blood remained curled as he shook his head. The things I've thought about. Want doesn't even fucking cover it. I have a list.
2: Wow. So
1: I don't know if he has a list in his head or if he has like a little notebook where he just (laughs) lists things out like (laughs) Araya eating soup. (laughs) But I thought that was very hot. He's hot. He has a list. He's hot. He's hot. Uh, our favorite wall of a man. Yes. But, alas, they need to sleep since she's lost a ton of blood and, oh, right, they are in the middle of this tournament to the death and need to figure out how to survive. So they both need to have their strength with them. They decide to go to sleep. They're spooning. And he's so grateful and obsessed with her, which he kind of should be because she was basically saving his life and climaxing on top of him at the same time. Yeah. So I think his gratitude is warranted, and she is a multitasking queen. And the end of one of my favorite scenes in this book, slash...
2: In English literature.
1: (laughs) English literature as a whole, yeah.
2: In the entire Western canon, which this is now a part of. Wow. It's like that... What was that university they start... I think it's like the University of Austin or something. Like The conservative, slash, cancel culture people started a university where they're going to be able to teach like, the true Western canon without being censored and without having to, you know, teach non-white men or whatever.
1: Right. Oh, God. But, like,
2: I think even they would include this book now. Yeah.
1: No, I think that's right.
2: In the Western canon.
0: Definitely. That's correct. Thank you so much, Dina. That was truly a treat. You're so welcome.
2: And, I mean, yeah, thank you, Dina. Thank you, Carissa. This truly was a gift.
0: It was. We thank Ix.
2: Yeah, we thank Ix. Honored to have been able to kind of open that present with you all in an audio format (laughs) but (laughs) but i think that about does it for today so the usuals apply hit us up at faywatchpod at gmail.com follow us on insta or tiktok again at faywatchpod thanks to good air music as always rate us five stars on your podcast app of choice subscribe and otherwise catch you next time
1: bye bye y'all